Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. We are deep into the months of October and I can't wait for the holidays. I love the cooler weather. I love Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of those holidays that are coming up. So I'm looking forward to everything that goes along with that. And this week, I'm just so excited to share with you this interview. I get to talk with another life coach who is in the same mastermind and has the same business coach as me. And we just really get a deep dive into how both of us got into coaching, what it has meant for us. Um, we get to talk about what we provide for our clients, the limiting thoughts that we have and the limiting thoughts that we help our clients with. And it's just so interesting to see that there are the same things that we're teaching as, um, as coaches and how it can affect, um, and we have the same problems in both industries and our clients have the same problems, um, with very similar solutions as well. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Yan and, um, everything that it has to offer in the conversations that we have. Okay, I have a very special guest today. I'm so excited to have my first other life coach on. Um, she is in the same mastermind program as me, and we have the same business coach. So let's just start out with you introducing yourself. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I love being on this podcast with you and all of the coaching that you do for the first responders. Um, my name is Yan Ding. I am a coach who helps women find their confidence and claim it in the corporate space. So um, I work with a lot of women in male-dominated spaces, and I'm so happy to be here today. I love that you're on because I've never had another life coach, and I love that we have the same business coach. So we kind of have the same like values that we're bringing to our clients, but tell me, like we all have our stories, right. Of how we got into life coaching. So tell me how you got into it. So I got into it, gosh, it was many years ago. I think it was back in 2015, actually. So I was like living abroad. I was like living my life. <laughs> I lived in London and in Singapore. And before that, I was actually in New York for a while. So I had been away from home for a long time. And home for me was Chicago. And my brothers had started to do some life coaching. And they started to act so weird. <laughs> um, they started <laughs> expressing like anger and other different emotions that were like kind of not allowed in our family system. So we were all like, where did they go? And like, what are they like drinking? Um, and so I had like been like stayed away from it for quite a while, but I actually came back from Singapore. I was totally brokenhearted. I had a long relationship um, with this British man and we totally broke up. And I thought, actually, maybe I can learn something about myself and these patterns that I create with men in my life. Um, you know, because I kind of felt like my career was going well, but I really couldn't figure out this romantic relationship. So, um, so I started doing it and, you know, I've been a believer ever since. Yeah. So did, how did you get out of it? Like when you say you started doing it, did you hire your own coach or like, how did you get out of that slump that you're in? Yeah. So I actually joined a group coaching program. So it was all group coaching and you had like a little bit of a one-on-one, -on -one, but basically it was a curriculum with like weekly assignments and they had like, um, sort of courses. And the first, I think for course was like personal power, all about your own personal power, your voice. They had assignments like displeased with ease, the power of silence, like all these different things that you get yeah. to play with. And then um, there was sort of nourishment and self-care, family systems to figure out, you know, your relationships with folks. 
Um, so those were sort of the pillars. And then the last one was like purpose, like purpose and like, you know, higher values. Yeah. And so um, it was all focused on emotions though. So, yeah. you know, I didn't have a lot of language for emotion. I was, I don't know, how old was I? I was like in my early thirties then. I didn't know, you know, how to say like, I felt hurt or sad or like, it sounds so um, easy, but when you're actually feeling the emotions or overwhelmed by them, having the vocabulary really helps me. Yeah, definitely. I, and I think like as a society too, it's just hard to express. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's call it like, let's have a mental health day to say, I feel really messed up today. Yeah. <laughs> or let's like, you know, call it something because it's so hard to understand what it is. And then I also feel like our society has this like over, like be positive, you know, be yeah. happy and like go do things and you know, I look at a lot of things that I did in my past and it was a lot of like escaping pain and not wanting to deal with some of the relationships that I had in my life. Yeah. And I think that's especially so true for the people that I work with because, you know, we totally escape negative emotions. No, how so? <laughs> I don't like talk about, we don't want to talk about things that we've seen, things that have happened. We want to brush it under the rug. Yeah. And, and most of, most people think that like, that's the successful way in healthcare too, is that like, let's just brush our feelings under the rug. Cause we got to get to the next shift mm. and we got to take care of the next patient and we got to do the next thing. And then yeah. that piles up. And then it's no surprise. Like a lot of people in my industry buffer with alcohol and drugs and, you know, other things that instead of just dealing with their emotions, mm-hmm. so how is yeah. it that the corporate people that you work with how does that part of showing emotions and having emotions kind of really help your clients? Yeah. I mean, I, for sure, like, I think the corporate world has the same with drugs and alcohol and, you know, and I had my own journey of like, you know, getting so angry at work and not knowing how to express. And then it's like, let's go have a drink, like to try to like dampen the emotions or the fears or the feelings that are coming up. But for sure, like when I think about, you know, just being in the boardroom with um, different men, different people, um, and just like how anger shows up and how, you know, I remember having my own scenarios of like a CEO just like yelling and my ability to stay with myself and to soothe myself and to notice my feelings coming up and to remind myself like nothing is wrong. Like he's really upset about something and he's expressing and it's not about you. Like it really helps me to stay in it and stay engaged and to be able to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. And this is my thoughts too, versus yeah. like totally shutting down and waiting for another senior colleague to speak up. So being yeah. able to notice my own really helps me to hold space for other people's feelings as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think that both of the people that we coach, a lot of the things that we talk about can cross over. So Mm -hmm. tell me about um, the people you coach and kind of how you help them. Yeah, so I mostly coach corporate professionals. I do coach a few entrepreneurs. And a lot of times with, um, with both, it's dealing with you know, fears of, you know, not sure what to do next, like a lot of distraction. It's probably why I really enjoy the mastermind that we're part of, right? It really helps us to focus. And so I help clients to focus. But the other thing on top of that was is also to understand themselves and the stories they tell themselves and to really get underneath that process. Like, what is that story that you're saying about yourself? And can we reality check that? And can we test that out? And can we 
have an assignment to test that belief. So really challenging these limiting thoughts that we have about ourselves, whether we're in a corporate role or whether we're leading our own company. Yeah, I love that because I I oftentimes think that people think life coaching is all about positive thinking. Yeah, or they think that like somehow because you're a life coach, you have all of your stuff together. Like, you know, you and I can't have our own drama and upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like yeah. when it comes to that, what would you say about, because it's not, I mean, it's 50-50, right? It, it's not all positive thinking and positive thoughts. So what would you say to that part of it when your clients come to you and they're like, well, I'm trying to think positive, but I just can't do it. Yeah. And I, I think that is part like, right. It's, it's like our thoughts are our choices, but we also have feelings. And when we keep pretending that our feelings are not valid and keep putting positive thought after positive thought, it's kind of like putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's like, this is not what you're expecting. And so I always tell clients start with, and actually I just talked to clients today. I'm like, start with the hurt, validate your own hurt. What is that? What is the hurt telling you? What is the data and the pain and the hurt? And then consciously choose to create that thing that you want, like that longing that you want, that yearning that you want that's underneath the hurt, yeah. you know, that, that pleasure that you were missed out on, right? How do you take responsibility for your life and create that? Yeah, that, and I also think there's a misconception and what I work with a lot, a lot of my clients on is that you can either have a good emotion or uh, a bad emotion. Yeah. <laughs> that they don't realize you can coexist with both. Like it's okay to be scared and still be confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, I always feel like, you know, when people say that fearless leader, you know, I've been called that or we call other people that. And I'm like, that's not like really true. Like any human feels fear and they can feel confident at the same time. It's like taking that step. And even having these conflicting yearnings or like, you know, wanting this and wanting that, like, I want to be safe, but I want to be seen as a leader, right? You can still hold those and be like, okay, safety comes from within and I still yearn for that. And I can go after that yearning of wanting to be seen and known. Yeah. And, and I like the concept too. And this is kind of what I teach a lot of my clients is that, um, whatever that emotion is that always comes with you. Cause like, for me, I always feel pressure. Mm. like especially in my job pressure like is always in the front seat with me and so I always tell them like pressure's driving with me in the car (laughs) and instead of me trying to like kick it out and get it out I just let it chill with me in the car and then I just figure out how to make pressure work for me yeah whether it's like giving it a roadmap and um, telling it how to navigate, have, have me navigate to the place. Now, when I feel pressure, that's when I perform because I know, I know how to live with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. With it. yeah. And it's like, it serves you, right? It served a purpose. Like I often talk to clients about, you know, what you did served you to get to where you are. And it's still a great skill to have where it comes like, isn't, you know, not as helpful as when you overuse it, you know, you overuse certain skills and, you know, you're not learning new skills to be able to be in life. But I I hear you because I I have, for me, it's fear, right? It's like this like underlying bubbling of fear and insecurity. And it's like, okay, well, what, what can I do? How can I, how can I use the fear to help me create more security for myself to move forward? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so when you're having these conversations with people who are in the corporate world and do you just work with women or do you work with men and women? I work with men and women. Okay. So when you're having these conversations with people in the corporate world and kind of talking to them emotions and feeling these emotions, like how has, how does coaching really kind of help them? In that yeah, I think for them, first, it is for them to notice their feeling and to have a vocabulary for it and to understand like, okay, I'm noticing this feeling nothing has gone wrong, first of all, right? Because I think sometimes we're like, oh, my God, I had all these feelings or all this emotion. Um, and it's like, you know, when you feel overwhelmed or out of control because you weren't able to regulate yourself or soothe yourself in that moment. But when, when they notice that feeling, you know, particularly I love anger for women and, and for certain men, right. It brings so much certainty and clarity and it's like, okay, you were angry. What went wrong and how can you use that emotion to get to where, you know, you want to be and to, you know, get satisfied, right. That emotion of like satisfied, like that feels good and being really specific about that. So, you know, yeah. I always help my clients do that. And also to notice like who they're with and reality check, you know, what they think is happening in the moment, you know, versus yeah. what they're telling themselves. Yeah, I like that. And so like when you work through that with them, like experiencing mm-hmm. those motions and like doing a reality check, how does that lead them to be successful then in their job? Yeah, you know, I'll give you one example. I had one client who kept saying to me, like, I don't understand why this person doesn't report to me, even though like I keep talking to my boss and it's like the same structure and he keeps reaffirming it. And I said, yeah, like, why don't you just ask him, like, ask that clear question. What is the fear behind it? Like, why are you creating a whole story to justify why this person might not you know, report to you. And it was great. Like, she was like, yes, I'm going to go do it. And then like later that day, she texted me and she's like, it was HR messed up. Like it wasn't like, and she had been sitting on this for like two weeks, you know, like what, like, oh, maybe it's because this, he is the son of this senior person. And this doesn't, you know, and I was like, but do you know, like, she was not satisfied with the answer, but just kind of keeping coming up with her in her own mind. So, yeah. Yeah. And one thing, like when you said that they came up for me, that kind of crosses over for my clients is like two parts for that is that I think mine think that sometimes they're alone in feeling some mm-hmm. of these emotions or thoughts. Yeah. Like, no one that does what I do ever thinks this or feels this. Yeah. And two, like I always tell them, what if we could clear our mind up of some of these things that we're ruminating about and take action on some of the areas that we really want to take action and not spend so much time ruminating? Mm-hmm. About it? Yeah. Like noticing and catching your thoughts and choosing to take action towards the results, right? Like I yeah. I relate to like my clients like really being upset about things with people. And I'm like, what is it that you want? What does satisfaction look like? How can you be specific and clear about that? Because a lot of times people are like, I want support. They're like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Right. It just sounds like very, like a big call to action. And people don't know how to react to that unless you're specific. Yeah. And the specificity also reminds me of like, just, it simplifies it. Yeah, it's very clear, right? And somebody could be like, oh, I get what this person wants versus, you know, being cloudy. And particularly as I work with women, right? We sometimes like don't know the words to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we'll just do it ourselves. We'll, you know, get by and struggle versus when you're a leader, like you don't have time for all of that. You've got to be clear, get clear on accountability. And, yeah. you know, I teach my clients to push the anxiety down to people. 
by yeah. letting them know what it is that you're feeling anxious about. Yeah. And I imagine like, I know I felt like this a lot, um, especially as I have moved into an industry that is like predominantly men, um, is that when I sometimes I've had to think about how to say it. So I don't come off as being, um, like bratty or like overly confident. Cause I think sometimes it can look like that as a woman. So what do you mm -hmm. tell your female clients who maybe are feeling those things too, as far as like wanting to be themselves, but, um, not wanting to be like too pushy or too overbearing. Yeah. I mean, I always think it's like feedback, right? Cause it's feedback is always helpful, but I also think it's important for people to try out different flavors because with different people, they may not hear the message, right? Like actually somebody asked me about interrupting. They're like, you know, I always find it's rude to interrupt, but some people's culture is like, actually you have to interrupt to be heard. Like everybody's interrupting each other, but another person's culture might be like, no, that's a real no-no. We wait and we see. But I always want my clients to be testing and learning. And I've heard it too, right? Like people have asked me, what was your tone in that email? And I'm like, you know, first I feel like the fear and the hurt. And then I'm like, yeah. you know, there wasn't any tone, but I'm happy to talk about it. Please give me feedback. Like, let me know how you took it, yeah. you know, because they had a reaction and I get to learn from this. Yeah. I love that being open and testing it. Yeah. Because otherwise you kind of feel like inauthentic to try to keep trying something but, you know, as humans, we get to work with in different, all these different environments, right? So yeah. if I'm going to go into, you know, a room with really aggressive men, I'm going to amp up my aggressiveness too, mm -hmm. because I want to be heard and seen in that group. And the hope is over time, I don't need to amp it up so much. It's just part of who I am. But we're humans and we get to dial up and down our skills to make a difference in whatever environment we're in. Yeah. I like that. Like just being dynamic in whatever environment we're in and then choosing to dial it up or dial it down. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah, like a toolkit, right? Like you've yeah. got tools and you don't have to use the same tools all the time. Right. It's probably or bad. It doesn't have do it. to be like, sometimes you need it sharpened. Sometimes you need to. Yeah. yeah. I like that because I was just thinking when I first got into flight, like when I really am in a stressful situation, my face like is like neutral. Okay. But <laughs> neutral sometimes cannot look good customer service wise. It sometimes yeah. need to add a smile to it. So I remember my boss bringing me in the office and she's just like, sometimes we just need to add a little smile to it. <laughs> so you're thinking in your head so that they don't think that you're thinking poorly of them. I'm like, Oh, that was like really good feedback. And from there on, it just like really made me think like, how could they be right? when sometimes yeah. I am criticized about things, which was helpful for me in my journey of growth. Yeah, that you were open to take it too and to be like, okay, what can I learn from this versus, yeah. I feel like today also in the corporate world, or I don't know how it is um, in your world as well, but people fear to give feedback because they don't want it to be used against them. Mm -hmm. So then they just don't really tell people the truth. And then it's harder to like... <laughs> grow, right? Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. In my world, feedback is definitely given all the time. Okay. And so it's really learning to be the person who can always accept it. Okay. Like who's willing. And I love this about coaching because I always try to think of the both, like, you know, who's willing to say, how are they right? Yeah. Or are they not right? 
and Mm -hmm. what can I take from it and what do I want to leave from it too, but always remembering, like, there's always something you can learn from it. And so, um, being in a world where there's constant feedback, but also being the person who's always able to be coachable, who's always able to take something from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Which is good. It's, it's taught me a lot. I think as a clinician for sure. And as a What's like one thing that if you could sum up, you know, with all the coaching that you do and all the life coaching you've received, that's really helped you, you know, grow and be the person that you are right now? You know, I think it's, it relates to what you were saying, but it's like that 50%, right? Whatever situation happens, even if I have like a blowout fight with my husband, right? We always align to like 50% of responsibility for creating that, right? So even if I have a bad interaction, you know, somebody doesn't like my tone, there was a way that I created the 50%. Like I don't have to take a hundred percent, but I can take my 50%, but I am a hundred percent in terms of my satisfaction and going for things in terms of my responsibility. But in that scenario, like just having that 50% allows me to be open to learning and to take responsibility for my own actions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on Yan. I want to also open it up. If someone wants to connect with you and wants to know more about your coaching and what you have to offer people in the corporate world, where can they find you and how can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm often posting there. So it's just Y-A-N-N-D-A-N-G. Um, so you can find me there. You can also find me at my website. It's aspire-coaching.co. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. Okay, great. And we'll link all that into this bio for this recording too. So perfect. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on, Yan. I really appreciate it. I know that it was exciting for me to have my first life coach on here that we could just talk all of the life coaching things. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope you have a good one. You too. Okay, bye. If any of you are having these limiting thoughts and you want to see if life coaching can help you get the results that you want in your life, go ahead and book a consult with me and we can talk about how we can get you to where you want to be and help you with some of these limiting thoughts that you are having about yourself. So that's it for this week and I look forward to talking with all of you guys next week. Bye.